The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. This is WHIO's Consumer Warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. There is a season And welcome to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you joining us for a little while, and we hope you tell your friends and family about our show. And just recently on this program, we've discussed a wide range of topics that affect so many people who listen to our show each week. Not everybody, Gloria, is affected the same way or to the same degree, but sooner or later, most people encounter someone they know who are dealing with a lot of the challenges we bring up. Yeah, and you're right, Bob. These topics cover a lot of ground, a lot of seasons in our lives. We talked about the loss of independence recently on There is a Season, how seniors struggled with this, and as loved ones assume more responsibilities in their lives. We've talked about the state of the American work ethic, about how families determine who will take care of an aging parent. We've also talked recently about uh, a lot of things that affect um, people in different ways that you know we've talked about the pornography and its effect on youth we've talked about the curse of modern loneliness which seems to be uh, almost any age group you know that's that's Mm -hmm. uh, suffering from modern loneliness and what goes into that also though we've talked about old-fashioned niceties freedom and entitlement and also one of the shows that uh, you're an expert at becoming a healthcare warrior I'm an expert in something you are an expert and ask the expert um you know, you were around a doctor's office and how to get the most out of those visits and so forth. Uh, anyway, there's there's a lot more that we've covered here in the last several months. Uh, and obviously, we've been on here now almost eight years. So uh, we have an all new website that's coming your way. It's going to have podcasts and a very easy way to search for a lot of this content uh, coming down the pike here very soon. Now, before we get into today's topic, how would one get in touch with us today? That number is 937-457-1290. Bob anywhere in the area, anywhere, 457-1290 to join the conversation. Email to Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. We love your ideas and comments and uh, any of your follow-up questions. If there's something that we've uh, mentioned here on the show and so forth that we didn't have time to repeat or you missed or you just want to hear about again, the email right now is a good way to get in touch with us. We'll be happy to answer it or send you along some data. So we talked about American work ethic, and in the course of that, um, we were kind of dinging some of the younger uh, folks, the younger generation, and and uh, there may be some truth to that, and there are certainly people for whom that's not the case, that's right? That's right. Um, but today, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about uh, some different stuff regarding young people, because it would seem that many, many of our teens, millions in fact, are suffering from something that is proving uh, challenging, confusing, and alarming for their families, for educators, for coaches, for health professionals, and and a ton of other people. And what they're suffering from is significant to severe, even crippling, anxiety. And that is the topic of today's program. And Bob, as you know, that is the subject of an important eye-opening article that appeared in the New York Times this past fall. It asked the question, why are more American teenagers than ever suffering from severe anxiety? In the article, Benoit Denizé Lewis follows the lives of several teens from different backgrounds, and the stories are gripping. It begins... The disintegration of Jake's life took him by surprise. It happened early in his junior year of high school while he was taking three advanced placement classes, running on his school's cross-country team and traveling to model United Nations conferences. It was a lot to handle, but Jake, the likable, hardworking oldest sibling in a suburban North Carolina family, was the kind of teenager who handled things. Though he was not prone to boastfulness, the fact was he had never really failed at anything. Not coincidentally, failure was one of Jake's biggest fears. 
He worried about it privately. Maybe he couldn't keep up with his peers. Maybe he wouldn't succeed in life. The relentless drive to avoid such a fate seemed to come from deep inside him. He considered it a strength. Jake's parents knew he could be high-strung. In the middle school, they sent him to a therapist when he was too scared to sleep in his own room. But nothing prepared them for the day two years ago when Jake, then 17, seemingly ran 150 miles per hour into a brick wall, his mother said. He refused to go to school. He curled up in the fetal position on the floor. I just can't take it, he screamed. You just don't understand. Jake was right. His parents didn't understand. Jake didn't really understand either. But he also wasn't good at verbalizing what he thought he knew. That going to school suddenly felt impossible. That people were undoubtedly judging him. That nothing he did felt good enough. All of a sudden I couldn't do anything, he said. I was so afraid. His tall, lanky frame succumbed to. His stomach hurt. He had migraines. You know how a normal person might have their stomach lurch if they walk into a classroom and there's a pop quiz, he told me? Well, I basically started having that feeling all the time. One thing we want to share with you, too, as we read this article here from the New York Times is if you have young people who you think might benefit from hearing this program today, we encourage you. I know it's early for a lot of young people to be out yeah, of bed on I a doubt Saturday. they're out of bed. But you might want to encourage them to listen <laughs> or other family members uh, as this affects a great many people. Um, and there's always our podcast, too. Right, right. right. <clears throat> and we'll be pointing you toward all of these, as we said, uh, shortly uh, after this program. Uh, alarmed, Jake's parents sent him to his primary care physician, right? Who wouldn't? Uh, right. The primary care physician prescribed Prozac, an antidepressant often given to anxious teenagers and others. It was the first of many medications that Jake, who asked that his last name not be used, would try over the next year. But none seemed to work, and some made a bad situation worse. An increase in dosage made Jake much more excited, made him act strangely, and almost manic. This is something his father detailed when he was writing in a journal in 2015. A few weeks later, Jake locked himself in a bathroom at home and tried to drown himself in the bathtub. He was hospitalized for four days, but soon after he returned home, he started hiding out in his room again. He cried, slept, argued with his parents. Now remember, this is the kid we said at the start of the story here, this high-achieving kid who had it all together. Seen he handled things, he had right? had it all together, yep. So he, he was crying, he slept, he argued with his parents about going to school, and he mindlessly surfed the internet on his phone. The more school he missed, the more anxious he felt about missing school. And the more anxious he felt, the more hopeless and depressed he became. He had long wanted to go to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, but now felt like that was wishful thinking. Not every day was bad. During spring break in 2016, Jake's father wrote, Jake was relaxed and his old, sarcastic, personable, witty self. A week later, though, Jake couldn't get through a school day without texting his mother to pick him up or hiding out in the nurse's office. At home, Jake threatened suicide again. His younger siblings were terrified. It was the depth of hell, his mother told me. That summer, after two more hospitalizations, Jake's desperate parents sent him to Mountain Valley in New Hampshire, a residential treatment facility and one of a growing number of programs for acutely anxious teenagers. Over the last decade, anxiety has overtaken depression as the most common reason college students seek counseling services. In its annual survey of students, the American College Health Association found a significant increase to 62% in 2016 from 50% in 2011 <clears throat> of undergraduates who were reporting overwhelming anxiety in the previous year. Surveys that look at symptoms related to anxiety are also telling in 1985, the Higher Education Research Institute at UCLA began asking incoming freshmen in college if they felt overwhelmed by all they had to do during the previous year. Now in 1985, 18% said they did. By 2010, that number had increased to 29%. And last year, it surged to 41%. So now th think about this. This is a basic question asked to a lot of incoming freshmen. Did they feel overwhelmed by all they had to do the previous year? In 1985, we're talking now a generation ago, that figure was 18%. It's gone up to 41%. So regardless of maybe your initial take on, you know, are, are we too soft on these kids and so forth, something's happened in how they're responding mm -hmm. to that question. Something is allowing them or, or, or making them feel 
they've got to indicate that they did feel overwhelmed. So these numbers combined with a doubling of hospital admissions for suicidal teenagers over the last 10 years, with the highest rates occurring soon after they return to school each fall. Think about that. Yeah. Well, they come as a surprise, or come as little surprise, I should say, to high school administrators across the country who increasingly report a glut of anxious, overwhelmed students. While it's difficult to tease apart how much of the apparent spike in anxiety is related to an increase in awareness and diagnosis of the disorder, that happens across the board. The more you study something, the more it tends to statistically rise. Many of those who work with young people suspect that what they're seeing can't easily be explained away. We've always had kids who didn't want to come in the door, who were worried about things, said Laurie Farkas, who is... uh, was until recently director of student services for the Northampton Public Schools in Massachusetts. But there's just been a steady increase of severely anxious students. For the teenagers who arrive at Mountain Valley, a nonprofit program that costs $910 a day and offers some need-based assistance, the center is usually a last resort after conventional therapy and medications have failed. The young people I met there suffered from a range of anxiety disorders, including social anxiety, separation anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, and obsessive-compulsive disorder. Mountain Valley teenagers spend a lot of time analyzing and learning to talk back their anxious thoughts. During one group session in the summer of 2016 in a sunlit, renovated barn with couches, a therapist named Sharon McAllisteller instructed everyone to write down three negative beliefs about themselves. That's an easy exercise for anxious young people. One girl said, what, only three? But she complicated the assignment by requiring the teenagers to come up with a strong and powerful response to each negative thought. And we're going to have more about what goes on at Mountain Valley and so forth. But it raises this this interesting question. How did we get to this point? There's now centers located, uh, not inexpensive, obviously, centers located for kids who are severely anxious is this is this uh, or somebody is this an excess of medical concern or is this something very valid? What about in your own life? Have you seen this? Have you experienced this with the young people you've been around? Anxiety. It would appear that everybody has it from time to time, but today we are talking about our young people, our teens, and just how widespread and deep it has become. When we come back, we're going to take a look at just how big the problem is. We'll talk about the role of parenting also and social media and other stimulation and a whole lot more. Plus, we welcome your input today, 457-1290. Why are more American teenagers than ever suffering from severe anxiety? Are we expecting too much from our kids? Too little? We'll talk about it all next. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome to Tire Discounters. Oh, hi, Phantom. Hi, Mike. What's new, as they say? Well, it's tax time. Ever thought of sprucing up the Phantom Mobile? I go for function, not style. But now you can save up to $220 on select tires and custom wheels. Well, let's try it. (laughs) Mike. Phantom, it's breathtaking. You can't tell it's the same car. Well, it still says Phantom Mobile on the side. Right now at Tire Discounters, you'll save up to $220 on select tires and custom wheels. This is Wesley with Everybody Fitness, and we are extending our offer for a free 30-day membership. That's right. You can still check us out free for 30 days with no purchase necessary. We have eight locations with tons of equipment, rows of cardio, and group fitness classes. We also have free childcare and free tanning. You can even do your cardio in our movie theater. Also, most of our clubs are open 24 hours, so don't wait. Get your free 30-day membership by stopping in or check us out online at everybodyfitness.com. For over 35 years, Buckeye EcoCare has provided quality, on-time lawn care service. The same state-licensed route manager will service your lawn every time, every year. The legacy continues at Buckeye EcoCare with the most experienced staff, custom lawn care programs, a 48-hour service call policy, and outstanding customer service. Since 1984, Buckeye EcoCare has been treating your lawns just like our lawns. Hi, I'm Bill Hausman, owner of A1 Sprinkler. Having a partner like Farmers and Merchants Bank means they know me by my name. 
My loan officer is always eager to help me with any of my banking needs. Thanks, Bill. Unlike those bigger banks, we understand what it takes for small businesses to succeed. I'm Clint Morton with Farmers and Merchants Bank, and we have a cool offer for you. For a limited time, get a free Yeti cooler when you apply for and close a new business loan. Does your bank do that? Farmers and Merchants Bank, FDIC insured, equal housing lender. This is Mo from Mo's Outdoor Equipment and Supplies and Ace Hardware in Springboro. Get your lawn ready this season with Scott's Four Step Program. Through Sunday, when you purchase Scott's Four Step Program from Mo's, you'll receive 50% off Scott's Foundation Improver. This amazing new product boosts water and nutrient retention. A beautiful lawn starts with a healthy foundation. Stop by Mo's Outdoor Equipment and Supplies and Ace Hardware and make your yard the envy of the neighborhood. 714 North Main Street in Springboro or at Springboro.buyatmos.com. Score huge savings during Cedar Hill Furniture's March Mania sales event. Now's the time to upgrade your home court with slam dunk savings for every room in your home. Get your winning deal today. At Cedar Hill Rain likely throughout the day today. If you have any plans, make sure you grab the umbrella. We're looking at a high temperature of 58 degrees, breezy throughout the day. A cold front passes by, steeply dropping those temperatures in the afternoon and evening. As we go into the overnight hours tonight, we could see a few snowflakes before the precipitation is all said and done. Tonight's low 27 degrees. We're starting off with clouds on Sunday, ending with sunshine but much colder temperatures. High of 39 on Sunday. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. 457-1290 is our number today as we ask the question, why are more American teenagers than ever suffering from severe anxiety? And uh, we're reading from a New York Times article that occurred last October. Uh, two, this is 2017. We were talking about a, a person in the story named Jake. And we'll come back to more about uh, Jake <clears throat> in a moment. Um, but as we went to the break, we were asked, how large a problem is this really? How do you define severe anxiety anyway? Well, the CDC, Center for Disease Control, tracks a lot of national data uh, and health data. And uh, there are some startling numbers that come from 2015 called Depression by the Numbers. So the depression by the numbers is basically 3 million adolescents aged 12 to 17 in the United States who had at least one major depressive episode in the past year. This number has increased over time. Now they define a major depressive episode as a period of two weeks or longer during which there is either a depressed mood or a loss of interest or pleasure and at least four other symptoms that reflect a change in function. Problems like sleeping, problems with eating, energy, concentration, or self-image. So that's how they're defining this depressive episode. Three million uh, ages uh, 12 to 17. What else? Now, so we're looking at anxiety versus depression by the numbers. With anxiety, now depression, remember, was 3 million. We're at 6.3 million teens ages 13 to 18 who have had an anxiety disorder. That number represents 25% of the population in that age group in 2015. Now, boys are more likely to be anxious than depressed, and girls are far more likely to experience the depression end of it, interestingly enough. And, and while there is a, uh, <clears throat> it's a little bit tricky to draw this direct correlation, according to the CDC, there are also over a half million incidents a year uh, it reported by hospitals of self-harming situations. That's cutting burning, doing other forms of self-abuse. The direct correlation between those people who actually go on and commit suicide versus those who don't is a little hard to track. But they've seen this increase in population. Now, anxiety is the most common mental health disorder in the United States, affecting nearly one-third of both adolescents and adults, according to the National Institutes of Mental Health. But unlike depression, with which it routinely occurs, anxiety is often seen as a less serious problem, right? You're anxious, right. you're worried about things. Right. Um, anxiety is easy to dismiss or overlook, partially because everyone has it to some degree, right? Um, Philip Kendall, who is the director of Child and Adolescent Anxiety Disorders Clinic at Temple University in Philadelphia, he says it has an, ex of, 
evolutionary purpose. After all, it helps us detect and avoid potentially dangerous situations. Highly anxious people, though, have an overactive fight or flight response that perceives threats where often there are none. It's natural, you know, right? right? That's a lot of case. Right. Now, sometimes there's good reasons to feel anxious for many young people, particularly those raised in abusive families or who live in neighborhoods besieged by poverty or violence. Anxiety is a rational reaction to unstable, dangerous circumstances. At the Youth Anxiety Center Clinic in the Washington Heights neighborhood of Manhattan, which serves mostly poor and working-class Hispanic youth, teenagers would object to the definition of anxiety that he often heard at Mountain Valley. The overestimation of danger and the underestimation of our ability to cope. Now, a lot of experts have talked about how this affects people of almost every economic strata. Uh, obviously, in, in lower uh, economic situations and very often in poor areas, if there's an issue with physical safety, right, crime in the area, uh, these can be in incredibly unsafe areas or communities where kids are growing up. That can explain a lot of anxiety. Um, yeah. But at the same time, teens raised in more affluent communities uh, while you might think they have less to feel anxious about, their anxiety shifts to some other things when they're better off. Um, they're sometimes among the most emotionally distressed young people in America. The kids are incredibly anxious and perfectionist, according to a lot of experts. But there's contempt and scorn for the idea that kids who have it all might be hurting in any way. There's a lot more on this topic, and we'd like to have you weigh in, too, especially if you've got a young person who'd like to talk about this. 457-1290. We're going to be talking about what social media and digital stimulation have to do with anxiety, as well as the relationship between anxiety and the development of coping skills. Are we approaching anxiety the right way in our homes, in our schools particularly? Why are more American teenagers than ever suffering from severe anxiety? We'll talk again on the other side of the news. Much more to come, plus your calls to 457-1290. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. I'm meteorologist Kirsty Santini. And I'm Clark Howard. We here at WHIO are actively working to keep your family safe. Safe from scams. If I don't hear a call from you, we will have to issue an arrest warrant under your name. And safe from severe weather. We have Storm Center 7 meteorologist McCall Vrydigs in the studios with us. You can depend on AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 930. I'm Jonah Adi with a WHIO news update. Our top story we're following this morning. The Mueller report wanting to be released as soon as possible, but that may be a little bit later than what Democrats would like to see. The latest coming up. We're tracking rain on the radar this morning. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Well, WHIO triple team traffic. We're checking things out on those major freeways as well as the service streets. We are seeing a couple of accidents reported. Seeing an accident at northbound 75 near Stanley Avenue. Also one at near mile marker 53 at southbound 75 near West 2nd Street as well. And it is our top story in Washington. Attorney General Barr says the Mueller report on the Russia investigation could be released as early as mid-April, but some say that's not soon enough. Top Democrats, including House Judiciary Committee Chairman Gerald Nadler, are not satisfied. Nadler is standing by an April 2nd deadline he's set for Barr to deliver the Mueller report along with underlying documents. That's Fox's Jared Halpern reporting. Well, a Cincinnati area man accused of using Snapchat to send nude photos of himself to two Centerville girls. 24-year-old Scott Reed will be arraigned on April 12th on these charges. One of the victims is 12, the other 13. Investigators say he sent the photos between July and November 
October of last year and tried to get one of them to engage in sexual activity. One of the victims identified him through a photo lineup, according to court documents. That's WHIO's Sean Cudahy. He says this case stands out as cops are not always able to recover photos from apps like Snapchat since they're designed to instantly delete after viewing. Well, in Dayton, a Montgomery County coroner's office warning about a Narcan-resistant drug possibly linked with a recent overdose. Miami Valley Regional Climb Lab says xylazine, an animal anesthetic, was found along with cocaine and fentanyl in an overdose victim this past week. The coroner's office says that although xylazine is Narcan-resistant, it still says Narcan should be administered in an overdose. The coroner advising anyone who's witnessing a suspected overdose to call 911 right away. Well, the latest and most dependable forecast from meteorologist Jesse Mag. Showers likely throughout the day today, possibly a thunderstorm or two. We're going to be actually ending as snowflakes later today as colder temperatures move in, but we'll top off today with a high of 58 degrees. Cold front dropping those temperatures, those showers coming to an end as we go towards the midnight hour. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO. A latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar shows still some scattered rain throughout the area. Now, it's varying. It's definitely scattered is the word, I would should say. It looks like the heavier rain activity has moved to the east of I-75 at this point, now concentrating near Xenia, Springfield, and Urbana. But here in Dayton, from our studio on South Main Street, looks like barely even a sprinkle out there at this time. It's 50 degrees in Troy, 55 in Springfield, 55 here in Dayton at 933. I'm Jonah Adi, WHIO Continuing News. Hi, Pete Kasuja here in Old North Dayton, where my wife Shirley and I started our garden center in 1963, and now we have customers who come to us every year from Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. The reason for such loyalty is because they know that we have thousands of shade trees, fruit trees, weeping trees, dwarf trees, evergreens, and flowering shrubs, all ready to load. We also have 16 greenhouses where we grow thousands of bonsai trees and indoor plants and garden plants, berry and fruit plants, and don't forget our green mat grass seed. So today, mow in May. We're about a mile east of the Stanley Avenue exit on I-75, so come out to 1309 Brand Pike and be dazzled. When you're driving to work, you ever wonder, is this as good as it gets? Are all these other people going somewhere better than I am? If your job feels like just a job, it's time to explore what we offer at Dayton Progress Corporation. We are a reputable, locally headquartered, global manufacturing company. And we are looking right now for people who want to pursue a career with us. If you're looking for a great place to grow with excellent pay, benefits, 401k, a retention bonus for the first three years, tuition reimbursement, and bonus programs, then apply in person Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at 500 Progress Road in West Carrollton. Or even Email us your resume to jobs at DaytonProgress.com. Remember, this is not just a job, it's a career. Hi, I'm David Turpin, President of Dayton Progress, and I'm speaking to you today about the wonderful opportunities that await you at Dayton Progress Corporation. Start your career with us now. Dayton Progress is an equal opportunity employer. This is Clark Howard here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Did you know you can get our latest news flash briefing on your smartphone? For Android, just say, OK, Google, and then play WHIO News. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thanks for joining us. Our number is 937-457 if you have something to share today. Yes, 937-457-1290 from anywhere in the area to get in touch with us. Why are more American teenagers than ever suffering from severe anxiety? We've read some of the statistics about this. We were talking about how uh, depression, you know, they, they put it about 3 million teenagers from age 12 to 17. And anxiety over double that number, 6.3 million. Is this something new? Is it, you know... And we're talking about anxiety disorder. We're not even just talking about here and there a little anxiety or a little worry. We're talking about it being a major severe disorder, a case of major right. and, anxiety and it, 
and it, it's it's where um, <clears throat> the language sometimes fails us, right? You know, and and they had the depression right. uh, definition there, where it was talking about a depression. Um, what was it? Uh, a depression, depressive episode, a major depressive ap- episode. As you hear uh, this this story today, and maybe you talk to some people you know, anxiety can be just as crippling, where people are just folding and, on themselves and they can't even function. Right, and and it's often. Um it, it's often dismissed as something else. Um, for example, Bob, when you were talking about the different um, economic groups of people, um, addressing anxiety is low on a priority list, really, in many of the economically disadvantaged communities. You know, they'll say kids who act out are often labeled defiant or aggressive. And then think about this. While those who keep to themselves, anxiety specialists are calling them silent sufferers, and they're overlooked or mistaken for being shy. If you go to a public school in a struggling struggling urban area, teachers will talk about drugs, crime, teen pregnancy, violence. But when you start to talk about anxiety, they're like, oh, well, those are the kids that we like. Like, these are kids that the teachers are liking or whatever, and they've got some major anxiety issues that you're like, really? Well, in the, in the, these are those high-functioning, handle-everything yeah, kids. In the face of other pathologies, you end up getting into this kind of relativist discussion where you say, good grief, you know, anxiety, we're not worried about that. Right. Not when I've got, you know, gunshots in the neighborhood or I've got opiate problems down here or I've got this or that. Right. Not that those, pro, pro, those problems are limited only to lower economic communities, but there are a lot of situations where high crime drives right. that kind of... right. So earlier we were talking about these kids who go to this, you know, Mountain Valley to get some therapy, right? And the higher, um, the higher achiever or the, the higher affluent. Right. right. So these people are going to this Mountain Valley, you know, a therapeutic center for people with anxiety. You know, for many of these young people, um, they say there that the biggest single stressor is what they're hearing is that I never get to the point where I can say I've done enough and now I can stop. There's always one more activity, one more AP class, one more thing to do in order to get into a top college. Kids have a sense these days, he says, that they're not measuring up. The pressure is relentless and it's getting worse. So you can see different environments here, right? You've got you've got a lower economic environment where sometimes the anxiety can't get on the radar because, because too many def- other things going on. Or they're and, perceived as being defiant or aggressive right, when it's really right. maybe anxiety rearing its ugly head. And right? in the case of the, the higher affluence, you've got a lot of this sense of, of achievement and doing the and, thing, all do, doing all right. the right things. And we talked about the overscheduled kids and all of this stuff with sports silently. and all of that. Right. Well, it's tempting, uh, and we love your thoughts on this, 457-1290. It's tempting to blame helicopter parenting, you know, the overly involved parents with their own anxiety issues for creating the pressure that a lot of these teens feel. Um, But there's uh, severe anxiety experts have also pointed to an important shift in the last few years. And again, this is from the article, Why Are More American Teenagers Than Ever Suffering From Severe Anxiety? Quote, teenagers used to tell me, I just need to get my parents off my back, recalls Madeline Levine, uh, a founder of Challenge Success, a Stanford University-affiliated nonprofit that works on school reform and student well-being. Now so many students have internalized that anxiety. The kids at this point have become their own parents. They're driving themselves crazy. Right. There are cultural differences and how this kind of anguish manifests. There are considerable, uh, there's overlap about, you know, among teens from different backgrounds. Many are anxious about school and how friends or teachers perceive them. Some obsess about family conflicts. Teenagers with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, tend to worry excessively about what foods they should eat, diseases they might contract, uh, or whatever happens to be in the news that week. That's a big one, I think. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Eakin, a psychiatrist um, and regional medical director for the Rogers Behavioral Health Institute, which runs sev- several teenage anxiety outpatient programs across the country and an inpatient program in Wisconsin, says that in the last few years she's heard more kids than ever worry about terrorism. So, you know, you think kids pay attention to the news, don't pay attention to the news. They wonder what it's like, you know, to, to go someplace. Is it safe in a movie theater? Is it safe in a school? Right. right? Yeah, another kind of terrorism. So there's a lot going on here in the kids' minds. Right, exactly. So <clears throat> other common sources of worry among highly anxious kids, um, she didn't hesitate to share either. She said social media. Anxious teenagers from all backgrounds are relentlessly comparing themselves with their peers, and the results are uniformly distressing. 
um, anxious kids certainly existed, obviously, right, before Instagram, Bob. Mm -hmm. But many of the parents she spoke with worried that their kids' digital habits, like round-the-clock responding to text, posting to social media, obsessively following the filtered exploits of peers, were partly to blame for their children's struggles. Um, And, to her surprise, the anxious teenagers tended to agree. Um, And at Mountain Valley... You know, she said she listened to a college student who went on a philosophical rant about his generation's relationship to social media, um, saying that people don't realize how much it's affecting our moods and personalities. It's it's a tool, but it's become a thing that we can't live without. But it's also making us crazy, right? Yeah, he pointed out that social media made him more self-conscious. In high school, he says, I'd constantly be judging my self-worth mm. online. He, re- he recalled when he was discussing his tortured relationship with Facebook. I would think, oh, people don't want to see me on their timeline. Now, you know, just stop there just, just for a moment. And we've discussed this when we've had shows on social media or digital stuff. Almost all of these sites were created with the idea of being able to share your experiences. In some ways, they're a tool of leverage, right? You and I were just talking recently about how you you get to know so many people over the course of your life, and it's very difficult to keep up with everybody far and near, right? It's You can't write a letter to everybody every day. Right. And, and so you want to sort of broadcast to the world, you know, I'm alive and well, and, and here's my thought on thus and so. There's even pressure in our lives, right? You know, I haven't called so-and-so in so right. long. I'd love to get to lunch, but I don't have time. I don't have time. And can you imagine what so, these kids are feeling? Yeah, so some people so use social media right, to do this. Right, And And there's there's some wise things and some foolish things people do in social media with regard to how much information they detail about their personal lives. But it becomes kind of a broadcast way to say, here's what's going on in my life. Now, more often than not, and I'm not saying that people don't put up bad news or that we haven't prayed for people who are ill or whatever, but a lot of times there's a tendency to kind of put the shine on it. It's almost like the Christmas letter you get from some people. It says, here's all the wonderful things that happened to me this past year. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you how my kids are doing great and this and this yeah. and this. Same thing occurs, I think, in professional arenas, places even like LinkedIn, where there's always people putting out it, some it, new thought or article or link. It's all about the name of the game. success and I'm having fun. Right. I'm here. But what about and, the people who don't feel that way? Right. Right. And, you know, they, they, they talk in here about how smartphones can provoke anxiety, but they also, and this is scary, can serve as a handy avoidance strategy. Okay. So we were talking about Jake early in the show, and at the height of his struggles, Jake spent hours at a time on his phone at home or at school. And he said, it was a way for me to not think about classes and college, not have to talk to people. And Jake's parents did become so alarmed that they spoke to his psychiatrist about it, and they took his phone away a few hours each night. It, yeah, it, because it was taking it. it becomes can't its break own away. Thing. They can't break away from it. How, I don't know how many times I've said to people, and I've said this to my my son as well, and so forth. There was a time we didn't have these things, and the world functioned fine. There was a time that, you know, you were not always accessible, where people were not looking down in their palm at a dinner, you know, ready to be on, uh, to answer the next email, the next ding that goes off, the next phone call. We actually lived in a house that had one phone. You mean back in the day? Back in the day. You had one phone. Sometimes <laughs> it might have a long cord. And <laughs> now I you're remember, really going back in the day. I can remember growing up, and, <laughs> and if I had a, a personal call, if I was talking to a member of the fair sex, I'd have the darn phone stretched that back around point. the stove, you know, practically right. the, the cellar door so that I could have some privacy. But it wasn't that I was constantly siphoned off into a device and the outside world. And a device that makes it easy to be secluded, comfy in your bed at night, which, what, you don't get enough sleep because you can't get off of it. It's accessible. It is glued to the palm of our hands nowadays. It really is. I mean, rarely do you see teens now walking down a sidewalk, Bob, right, with their arms out swinging. What are they usually doing? Heads down or their phone is right there in their hand or in the back jeans pocket. You, I mean, you don't see teens without it ever. Right. So we've got we've got issues here of, of people putting pressure on kids, the high performance kid. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. Uh, which is, you know, the helicopter parent thing. We've also got this sense that social media is creating a parallel life that people have to measure up to. 
Um, what do you think? Four, five, seven, twelve, ninety. What is creating such severe anxiety in people? One of the people that we've talked about before is Jean Twenge, I think is how you say your name, or Twenge, uh, when she writes about a lot of the depression that teenagers uh, have because of smartphone adoption and a lot more about uh, anxiety, although in her research there's a lot more available on the depression side of it. So we're wondering what you think. What is going on with a lot of uh, our young people? What is the driver for this kind of a thing? Now, um, the, the interesting twist to this is that while schools and parents and so forth have recognized this anxiety, we're not necessarily making it a better thing. We're not really fixing the issue. We are accommodating it because that is in the nature of a lot of schools and so forth, whether it's through 504 programs or whatever. There's a sense of, okay, we've got an anxious kid. What can we do to create a safe space or a safe environment? And a seemingly well-meaning effort to help kids avoid what makes them anxious, it says here in this article, mm -hmm. administrators are actually making anxiety worse. According to one expert, anxiety is all about the avoidance of uncertainty and discomfort. When we play along, we don't help kids to learn to cope or problem solve in the face of unexpected events. Right. And if anxiety could talk, it would say, you know, let's just get out of here. We don't have to do this. In order to retrain the brain, in order to create that message that says, even though I'm uncomfortable, I can do this. We need to stop treating these anxious kids like they're so frail, like they can't handle things. And um, he sees a connection between how some schools deal with anxious students and, and what, you know, they worry about in a generation of young people increasingly insistent on these safe spaces. Right. So we've heard so much about that in the news. Right. right? And, and the, all these people who believe that their feelings should be protected at all cost. Um, and he quotes, kids are being given some really dangerous messages these days about the fact that they can't handle being triggered, that they shouldn't have to bear witness to anything that makes them uncomfortable and that their external environment should bend to and accommodate their needs. Uh, you know, so uh, among many teenagers and administrators, <clears throat> she said that she has spoke to, one word kept coming up, and that was resiliency. More and more students struggle to recover from minor setbacks, and they are not nowadays equipped to problem solve or advocate for themselves effectively. Yeah, so, so I mean, this is so we've got we've got a response here where people have kind of said, "Gee, I've got a really anxious kid in my my uh, my classroom or my school," and and there is a question here. A lot of people and educators might say, "There's not enough bandwidth, right? We're too focused on testing. We're too focused on getting the kids through the program and getting graduation rates the way they they need to be and getting our our school sc scores the way they need to be. We don't have enough time to counsel every kid who comes along. So maybe they're getting kids in there who don't have coping skills. They don't have problem solving skills." But they're now having to say, all right, well, the kid's acting out, or at least we want to have the kid in the building, so we'll create a safe space, space. for them when they start to get and anxious. And that's how they're training them to deal with their anxiety, which right. isn't really training them anything at all. It's pulling them from the situation so they don't have to deal with it, is what they're saying, yeah. which causes more anxiety because they right. don't have a coping skill. Right. So the question here is then, you know, what can people do to uh, help kids learn to cope? One of the things they try to do here is something called exposure therapy, which we don't have enough time to cover in depth in this program, but it is a designed uh, uh, approach toward people gradually overcoming their fear. So they force kids, more or less, to go through increasing opportunity or increasing situations where they're exposed to things that Practice make them anxious. and how they can deal with it. Nothing yeah. really new in that approach, but of course... Being able to go up and talk to somebody at a counter to order right. something And they try to make themselves. games out of it with their peers and so forth right. to try to, you know, reach out. And it, it's, again, it's been done in other fields and so forth, mm -hmm. but exposure therapy. So what do you think here? I mean, we've got this situation now where so many kids who are anxious and as is often the case, you can't solve necessarily the root cause, but what does a parent do? What does anybody do? We've got some thoughts on that when we come back and we're going to address that with some, some, some do's and don'ts, some thoughts also. We'll be talking about some of our upcoming programs and we're going to give you some references to some of the material we use to help put this program together today. It's interesting radio. Don't go away. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. For over 35 years, Buckeye EcoCare has provided quality, on-time lawn care service. The same state-licensed route manager will service your lawn every time, every year. The legacy continues at Buckeye EcoCare with the most experienced staff, custom lawn care programs, a 48-hour service call policy, and outstanding customer service. Since 1984, Buckeye Care has been treating your lawns just like our lawns. What's better than getting $100 to switch to Jackson Hewitt? Getting $200 to switch. Say goodbye to your old tax service. Switch to Jackson Hewitt and get $200. You'll get $100 when you file this year, plus another $100 when you file next year. So go to Jackson Hewitt and ask a tax pro for switch and get $200 today. Each year, minimum tax prep fee of $150 applies. Mention this ad and file with us. $100 on a Walmart e-gift or prepaid card. Not valid with any other promotion or discount. Participating locations only. See jacksonhewitt.com. Hi, this is Wesley with Everybody Fitness, and we are extending our offer for a free 30-day membership. That's right. You can still check us out free for 30 days with no purchase necessary. We have eight locations with tons of equipment, rows of cardio, and group fitness classes. We also have free childcare and free tanning. You can even do your cardio in our movie theater. Also, most of our clubs are open 24 hours, so don't wait. Get your free 30-day membership by stopping in or check us out online at everybodyfitness.com. This is Mo from Moe's Outdoor Equipment and Supplies and Ace Hardware in Springboro. Get your lawn ready this season with Scott's 4-Step Program. Through Sunday, when you purchase Scott's 4-Step Program from Moe's, you'll receive 50% off Scott's Foundation Improver. This amazing new product boosts water and nutrient retention. A beautiful lawn starts with a healthy foundation. Stop by Moe's Outdoor Equipment and Supplies and Ace Hardware and make your yard the envy of the neighborhood. 714 North Main Street in Springboro or at springboro.buyatmoe's.com. Score huge savings during Cedar Hill Furniture's March Mania sales event. Now's the time to upgrade your home court with slam dunk savings for every room in your home. Get your winning deal today. Rain likely throughout the day today. If you have any plans, make sure you grab the umbrella. We're looking at a high temperature of 58 degrees, breezy throughout the day. A cold front passes by, steeply dropping those temperatures in the afternoon and evening. As we go into the overnight hours tonight, we could see a few snowflakes before the precipitation is all said and done. Tonight's low 27 degrees. We're starting off with clouds on Sunday, ending with sunshine but much colder temperatures. High of 39 on Sunday. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There's a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. And we've been talking about anxiety today, anxiety for our teens in particular, and we have some resources we'll share with you in just a moment. But if you're a parent hearing this and so forth, what do you do? You know, how do you, how do you deal with this? Well, we have some points we can offer to you uh, that have uh, come through some of the material we have here. And they are, they sound simple. They're not always the easiest thing to do. Um, so the first of these is talk about the real stuff. And this is something I think a lot of parents sometimes forget. You kind of go on autopilot. You know, conversations with a lot of uh, teens can be all about achievements and schedules and chores and do this and don't do that. Um, but that's not necessarily what's keeping the kids up at night. And experts uh, recommend asking, what's the best part of your day? Maybe what's the worst part of your day? Become attuned to their emotional worlds in addition to their achievement world or their to-do list to help them understand someone's listening. Yeah, I think a lot of kids say that we're talking at them. We're not having conversations with them. You know, I know that, you know, I've heard that before. And you should do this and you should do that and blah, blah, We're talking blah. at and yeah, we don't leave a lot of space. Another thing is to pay attention, but don't smother them. Give teens space to grow, separate from you, but also watch for changes in behavior. Are they giving up activities they used to enjoy? Are they staying up all night? Are they eating differently? Is your outgoing kid now withdrawn? If you're worried, say so and show interest in their internal life without judgment. This is a hard one. Resist getting angry. When parents find out 
a teen has been hiding something or is having behavior issues, the response is often anger or punishment, okay? And that can extend to all kinds of behaviors that a teen might exhibit. But recommend they, the experts recommend you find out what's going on first. If a kid is acting out in some way, say, it seems like you're having trouble. I'm going to reserve judgment, reserve right. anger, and so forth. I'm here to help. Tell me what's going on with you. Right. Number four would be don't put off getting help. If you're worried about an adolescent, talk to a school counselor, a therapist, or a doctor. It's better to get help early rather than when trouble has firmly, firmly taken its hold. A key thing to remember here is you're treating the whole family too. You know, the last thing the kid is, needs very often is isolation, like you're the problem. You're the one we've got to deal with. Even while that kid might be the one exhibiting the most emotional upheaval, it affects everybody. So when a kid is in crisis, many times it's not enough to just treat a child. You have to change the family dynamic. It's possible that something about the home environment is causing stress for the child. So be open to acknowledging that and getting counseling if needed. Right. What else? Yep. So these are um, more kind of some warning signs or when you might sense that something is amiss with your child. So you could ask yourself, do the behaviors I observe differ from the typical and normal behaviors of my teen? Has a recent event occurred that might be related to this variation behavior or mood? And is it possible that something I considered a personality trait might really instead be a form of long-term depression? So these are important things to think about. If you missed any of these and would like to hear, hear them again or have us just jot them down and send them back to you, write to us at bobandgloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. That is our email, bobandgloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. Or there is a season, care of WHIO, 1611 South Main Street, Dayton, Ohio, 45402. Now, if you're interested in reading more about these, uh, these articles and, and the resources we have here, the main one we've discussed today is Why Are More American Teenagers Than Ever? suffering from severe anxiety. And this article appeared in the New York Times in October uh, of 2017. The author's name is Benoit Denise Lewis. Couldn't it just be Smith, right? D-E-N-I-Z-E-T dash Lewis. That's October right. 2017, New York Times. Right. What else do we have? And then um, another article that we've been referencing today is entitled, The Kids Are Not All Right. And that is from the Time Magazine article from also October of, or November 7th, 2016. Okay, so you've got Time from and November 2017, yes. I'm sorry, New yes. York Times from 2017. Right. And also there's another article called A Moment in Time, Leading the Way to the Future for America's Youth. It's David Zawia, or Zawia, Z-A-W-I-A, <laughs> that's in Psychology Today from January 2017. Again, write to us if you need these repeated to you. All right, coming up on There is a Season, the next several weeks got some great programs still coming your way. We're going to talk about the grievance culture, how every gripe is a cause, how everything has become politicized. And we're also going to be talking about sex trafficking, why this problem is bigger than you think in our region and what's being done about it. We're going to have a special guest on that. And that'll do it for us today. I thank you very much for being here. Remember, dear friends, seek grace in every step and never regret growing older. It is a privilege denied to many. For my dear friend and co-host Gloria, for our producer Javon, and for all those who make the show possible, I want to thank you very much for being here today. You've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Have a blessed week. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.